Shit Dad Podcast. And dads, welcome back to the Shit Dad Podcast. We're here to celebrate the whoops moments, showing you that we're all in the same boat when it comes to fatherhood. I'm Nick, married father of three, and the default channel when I turn on the TV is ABC Kids. I'm Cam, husband of four years, father to a three-year-old and an 18-month-old, and I've discovered the beauty in going to the movies by myself. Now, this episode uh, was brought to you in a, in a new, we're in a new little office studio, very excited about it, very trendy office. Can you tell us where we are, Nick? Yeah, we are at Better Accounting at um, at Hendra. Yeah. Uh, so this is my accountant. The first time I came in for my little $2 tax return, he said the best dad joke ever. And then it just stuck. And every year he has given me at least a dad joke on the way in and on the way out. And I was like, yep, you've sold me. <laughs> customer for life. <laughs> yeah, customer for life. So if you want shit dad jokes and a good accountant, come here. There you go. We're loving this little space. Um, so, yes, this episode we're going to be chatting to yet another firefighter. So um, soon we'll have enough for a shit dad pod firefighter calendar. Hold up, mums. Yeah, it's coming. excited. <laughs> um, and we're here today with Chris, and he's got a great dad story, uh, father of four boys. We're really excited to hear about that. Um, how you going, Chris? Mate, pretty nervous, but uh, yeah, excited. Um, looking forward to it, loving the podcast, what do they say in the... Uh in the business, first time, uh, first time guest, long time listener. So, Excellent, love it. Yeah, keen as. Thanks for coming on board. Really appreciate it. Now, um, yeah, would love if you could tell us a bit about yourself, mate, and um, you know what are you enjoying about the pod so far? Uh, so I guess based on uh, your guys' intros, uh, married, happily married dad of four. My wife might disagree. She Glad you threw happily in there. <laughs> so, um, I've got four boys: seven, six, four, and one. Wow. So. Um, <laughs> little bit of a handful, uh, pretty good at punching out the boys, not so much the girls. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I'm the token fiery this week that Nick gets on when he can't get a half decent guest. <laughs> That's it. You've got my secret. We're only like 17 episodes in. It's taken someone this long to say something. <laughs> now, keep your eyes peeled on our socials for some epic smashing fibres, tees and tanks. Uh, load up and use the promo code SHIPSHITFREE for free shipping. You might see on our socials this week that um, I've thrown out a new logo that we're going to throw on some merch. So, yeah, keep your eyes peeled for that. Very excited. Very keen. You should see the... F- he sent me some today. I was like, oh, my God, I can't wait to put that on my back. <laughs> so what are we going to get? We're going to get shirts, stubby coolers, anything else? Tank tops. Tank tops. Summer, summer tank tops. Guns Not, out, guns out. That's it. <laughs> Got to get the guns out. Get the dad bot out. <laughs> now, I want to kick off this episode with a dad joke. Um, oh, wait a sec. Where is it? Have you seen it? Oh, where's it gone? What? I can't find it. What are you looking for? Where's my gone in 60 seconds CD? It was here a minute ago. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Did you make that? Wow. Is that yours? No. <laughs> it's all about the execution. I'm impressed, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought you genuinely lost it. <laughs> uh, I got one. Why did the squirrel swim on its back? It's got to be something about nuts. Yeah, it's got to. Yeah, to keep his nuts dry. Yes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> about you Chris you got a, a dad joke for us uh, a bit of a oh, I, I just love a dad joke of like you know the standard uh, you know one of my boys will come up to me and, oh, dad dad I'm hungry g'day hungry hey, you know, like textbook a, like a straight out of the textbook but uh, <laughs> what do you call a deer with no eyes no idea 
what do you call a deer with no eyes and no legs? I don't know. Still no idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Classic. Yep, That's I'll take it. <laughs> Good result. Yeah. Now, um, we've got some coldies just sitting on the table here. I'm just, I'm actually really, really thirsty looking at them, just waiting to see what comes out of the case. What do you got for us, Chris? Um, I made a bit. So I'm not a massive beer drinker. I know shock horror. I'm <laughs> sorry for the sacrilege, <laughs> but I live in the deep south, so I'm a bit of a rum drinker. And I promised Nick that I'd bring some uh, Bundy Rum Lazy Bears. However, I've been to three bottle shops here on the fancy north side. Oh, that's dedication. Their, their selection of Bundy Rum is, is, is waning compared to the deep south where I'm from. <laughs> so I've settled with the James, James Squire Alcoholic Ginger Beers. Yes. So, nice. Let's crack them over. Stuck in. Ginger, ginger beer for the ginger. That's right. He's used to them. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Thank you. Thanks. Oh, that's some sound, isn't it? Shit Dad Podcast. That's good. That's refreshing. Bit of extra ginger in my life. Never hurt. Now, let's kick off this week with this week in fatherhood does anything happen with you guys this week that you want to talk about how long's your podcast <laughs> not long enough <laughs> now we've got um I've, I've looked up a few things this week in the news and there's some absolute belters so it is a little there's a couple of deeper ones but there's also a bit of a laugh as well so this week in fatherhood um i had an interview before work uh, so I had a sorry, I had an interview for work, and the kids really paid for it because I was stressed out um, and I was studying, and they wanted to play and do all that sort of gear, and I was like, no, 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 I could do this. I'll, I'll play with you next week, and like, just the idea and the action of putting your palm up, saying like, no, I'll yeah. see, I'll deal with you next week, or like, yeah. I'll play with you next week. That hurt. That dead set hurt. So just wanted to put it out there. Work-life balance is everything. So, yeah, one thing I learned from that was, yeah, study in that study for as long as you need, but say, yeah, I'll be with you in ten minutes, and they're like, okay, sweet, oh, you know, like, yeah, right. That, and then I, as I did it, I, I realized what I was doing, and then I, I was like, I, I put the, the notes down, and I was like, okay, yeah, I'll play for for five ten minutes, and then like, all right, guys, you know, daddy's got to work again now. Is that okay? Like, can you go and play for for a little while while daddy doesn't work? And they're like, yeah, okay. So that. Good to have a little break as well sometimes. It's oh, better for your yeah. brain and then you can hang out with them. Came yeah. back fresh, yeah. yeah. I'm, I massively feel your pain because I've just been through what you're now going through. And, um, yeah, you feel like the biggest jerk when you sort of like, you know, the kids in my situation anyway don't necessarily understand. But um, you kind of, on one hand, you go and look, if I go and do this promotion, it's for my own benefit as well. But everyone has their own uh, reasons for it and mine was a little bit, monetary as well as promotional yep. and you're sort of going well if I can get more money it's better for the family but to do that I need to sort of like reject the family a little yeah. bit or not reject them but sort of push them to the side and the kids mm. don't understand but so yeah yeah I massively understand where you're coming and work-life balance for me was a huge lesson I've learned recently through mm. a lot of mentors of mine and yep. yeah it's huge but Definitely. um yeah the kids kind of and they do understand more than you probably think I think probably, um, but yeah, it feels pretty shitty at the time. Yeah. It does. <laughs> Ultimate shit, Dad. Yeah, I feel like uh, when you're working from home, it's even harder because you really do need to be like, I'm here, but I'm not. Yeah, it's exactly. very difficult. Yeah. yeah, you work from home a bit too, so you yeah. catch about. And yeah. my wife, 
um, we get to the point where it's it's almost easier to kind of run away and hide. So they think that you're actually going, but you're just downstairs <laughs> playing hide and seek. <laughs> Don't go downstairs. You're like, you, we have to say goodbye. Pretend like we're going to work. Oh, really? We're still there. Oh God. <laughs> hide and seek. I found Dad. They yeah. haven't, they haven't. You bastard! You've been here all day. <laughs> you lying bastard. Huh? Now, uh, also this weekend, fatherhood, Cleo Smith. Oh, well done. Found. Dead set. That is the best news I've heard all week. Like, the fact that she's been missing for 17 days and then all of a sudden, like, imagine being those parents. I can't even imagine locking my kid outside for 10 minutes, you know? That kid was missing for three weeks. I don't even know how they talk to the press. They're so composed and, you know, obviously they needed to be to Mm. to get people to come forward, but I'd be be a mess. I wouldn't wouldn't be able to talk to reporters. I've got four, so if I lose one, I've still got three more. (laughs) You you got the numbers, yeah. It's all about the numbers. It's a numbers game, kids, isn't it? Anyone from QPS listening? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, an incredible, um, incredible, I guess, you know, positive story off the back of what could have been pretty scary. Great result. Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, also in news this week, in fatherhood this week, Elon, oh, not directly in fatherhood, but I kind of related it to fatherhood. So Elon Musk actually said he'd uh, donate $6 million to world hunger if they showed where every cent went. I'm like, oh, that is awesome, you know. That is really good. But... It'd be like, that's all well and good, um, but it'd be way better to see our government sort of, here we go, getting all serious and governmenty and <laughs> political. political, sorry, <laughs> political. Um, great to see our government sort of putting a bit more effort into um, helping families below the breadline, you know, like I've, in my area alone, like it's not a poor, like a, a low socioeconomic area, but you, there's plenty of families under the breadline, you know, yeah. struggling to put... A, a decent meal on the table every every night even so yeah that's why even like changes to childcare are um, so important the, the smallest little increments of help you can get with that giant cost yeah can go a long way yeah exactly yeah. Um, on a lighter note though if you see uh, Shaquille O'Neal he's, <laughs> he came out and he's like I'm not giving my kids a cent of my fortune. They've got to earn it. Really? They're like, we're rich. And he goes, no, man, I'm rich. <laughs> so he's like... We're um, not rich. I'm rich. Yeah. <laughs> ultra, ultra millionaire. And he's not like not letting his kids turn into this sport little shit. He so. did buy his son a charger, though. Yeah. Did you hear that story? Nah. His son said, he goes, you do really good grades and everything like that. And I'll buy you whatever you want. His son comes home with straight A's. And he goes, what son? He goes, what do you want? And he goes, I want a Tesla. He goes, no way, son. You know, son of mine's driving a Tesla. He said, you can have the charger, but he said, you best be known I'm getting the supercharged one. <laughs> so the charger, so. Oh, Shaq. I He's love that. He's not even going to give away any of his points bet money. <laughs> oh, how, how cringy is that? Oh, man. <laughs> not a good actor. Unless, well, unless points bet want to throw something at uh, the Shit Dad podcast, then it's fantastic. Oh, yeah, we yeah, love yeah, it. Yeah, we love Yeah, I think it's a great idea. <laughs> now, uh, also, the last thing in fatherhood this week was, um, I think you guys are going to like this one. Queensland Health has this week encouraged men to give themselves a hand and masturbate more as it's a healthy part of life and people are encouraged to stamp out the stigma that's bad and encourage a healthy, shameless conversation around it. So, fellas, I think this week everyone should focus on spending an extra 10 minutes in the shower. Because it's government mandated. <laughs> I wish I knew that at child number two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where were you then, Anna? <laughs> yeah. Things might have been a little bit different. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's great advice. Thanks, Queensland Health. Yep, I reckon. Yeah, it's something we can get behind. It's definitely something we can get behind. Maybe a chief health officer's directive. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, so for today, we're going to get into Chris's story. So, um, once again, really excited to hear about kind of uh, your story uh, with the four boys. So, first of all, would love to hear about, can you tell us about what your approach to fatherhood is? Um, my approach and my wife's approach is probably a little bit different. I get criticised a little, no, not criticised. Criticised. Yeah. Um, I'm... I'm very relaxed, not as a father, but as, as my parenting ways. I'm pretty easygoing. Um, this will get Nick looking. My seven-year-old can operate a drop saw. Damn. My six-year-old can use a nail gun. Wow. Um, I can't even do that. <laughs> now, That's alpha. Now, it's not sort of like a, you know, hey, yeah, like they're, they're, like they're dangerous things, right? Yeah, but um, I my parenting way is sort of... Um, okay, well, I'm using the drops or I'm using the nail gun. I want to be able to sort of put it down and go and do some other thing. And four kids running or crawling around or whatever, you've got to have eyes in the back and side of your head looking at everything. And my thought process around that is if I keep on going, don't touch that, don't touch that, don't touch that, don't touch that, sooner or later the kid's going to go, oh, Dad's using it, it looks pretty cool. But he keeps on telling me not to do it, not to do it, not to do it. But I really, really want to have a go. So when he's not looking, I'm going to have a go and shoot myself in the yeah. foot or do yeah. something ridiculous. So... My parenting is not don't touch it, don't touch it. It's you can have a go of it as long as dad's standing beside you. So my boys prepare and light the fire in the backyard yep. and they can put things in the fire as long as dad's standing there watching and they ask. So, um, yep, they've used the nail gun, not on their own. They help out. They've cut timber with the drop saw. Yep. But then I feel pretty like they've had a go. And like kids have got an attention span of like 0.3 of a second yeah. essentially. So they had a go and they go, oh, that's not as exciting as what... I thought it was or yeah okay i've got the excitement out of that what's next where's yeah. Louis, where's peppa pig or anything like that i've and done that go. Yeah. i've done that thing ticked it off the box and, and, and away i go so um that that freaks the wife out a little bit when she walks outside and sees our seven-year-old with the earmuffs on <laughs> <laughs> at, the, at the sliding drop saw cutting a piece of timber for the retaining wall or whatever but um that's how i was brought up i'm a pretty old-fashioned sort of you know in every aspect i asked the father-in-law for the wife's hand and all yeah. that sort of stuff and whatever and um, make, you know, none of my boys get anything unless they say please or thank you every single time and they're being respectful and that sort of stuff but I'm also pretty relaxed in what uh, what I let them do and, and what they're allowed to do and give them give them a bit of lead and then pull it back when I need to so that's awesome that's yeah. what you want yeah. give them that trust but as long as you're around and you know yeah a lot of so fun. I think and, and it was it was trial and error because like you know I'm I'm a dad of four, but the first one was my first one. Like I haven't had, you know, afterlife experience or anything like that. But um, it was a little bit of trial and error. And there's, I guess there's always the risk that I show them how to use and they go, oh, I can do this on my own sort of thing. But I trusted my eldest one and it paid off for the rest. I trusted my eldest one enough that talk to him about it. These are really dangerous and all this sort of stuff. You can have a go, but you have to wear the correct, you know, hearing protection and all these sorts of things and whatever. But uh you can have a go as long as you let let dad know. And there has been a couple of times I've caught him just sort of playing. And I said, "Hey, remember the rules? You want to, you know, do you want to have a go at the drill?" And he goes, "Oh yeah, but you remember you got to come and let me know first. And you're <laughs> yeah. like, okay. No I hate it when you walk in the garage and they're just making a bar for some reason. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like <laughs> building a fence. What the fuck, man? <laughs> yeah. Wait till I'm there watching you. <laughs> Make your own toolbox. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. so. That's probably a really good um, a good approach as well for for the eldest. You know, to kind of you know 
teach that to the younger ones as well or just be around and make sure that they're also following those rules well yeah he, he does like his, he does as well so my my four-year-old's just turned four so you know say six months ago we we're doing something and the he, then three-year-old sort of doesn't really understand the whole there's rules you can and you can't and whatever so he sort of wanders over and my seven-year-old just walks over and like takes the battery out of the nail gun and i said oh what'd you do that for and he goes oh Vinny, my three-year-old, he was, was heading over there and he doesn't know the rules, so I just took the battery yeah. out so we couldn't use it. Nice. And I'm like, my neighbour doesn't know how to take the battery out. <laughs> you know, so, um, it's pretty, like, it, it's a whole range of things. It gives them, it teaches them, I guess, without being too too sort of, like, you know, on my soapbox, it teaches them guidelines and it teaches them boundaries, but it also you know, teaches them how to use an owl gun, teaches yeah. them how to use a <laughs> drop source. So That's awesome. So just, to, a takeaway from that for me is, like, just trust the kids yeah like you know, give them a bit of trust and like they won't take them all trust them until they give you a reason not to yeah, trust them yeah. I guess see like, I don't do that yeah. my four boys have given me plenty of reasons not to trust them don't, yeah. don't get me wrong like, most of my life is just keeping them alive <laughs> um, and then I let them go use a drop store but, um, <laughs> yeah so yeah I, I, I got a fair like in you know dads and boys have got a pretty good bond we spend a lot of time outside and um it, it, it gives me we do a lot of camping it gives me a lot of pride I guess to sort of see my guy, my boys go and do some stuff and then come up and say hey is it alright if we go and do this now and you go oh cool they're starting to starting to learn so give them a little bit of lead but then best know that I'll pull it back in if they start yeah. pulling yeah. too hard yeah nice yeah. So, yeah. good for their independence and their confidence yeah yeah, yeah exactly so, until they go to school and tell the teachers oh, I was using the drop saw <laughs> Oh, oh, excuse oh. me, Chris, can we have a word? <laughs> Why did he turn up with four fingers? Yeah. <laughs> that was oh, funny you asked that. That was a shit dad moment this week. Yeah. Have you heard of the pod? <laughs> now, you've also had a bit of an interesting run with pregnancies. Um, so I would love to hear about, um, you know, your kind of journey with the di- four different pregnancies. Yeah, so um, one of them went well. Um, one out of four. Yeah, well, that's, that's 25%. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, I mean, the, well, the one thing I've taken away from like listening to this podcast is like, you always think, oh, something shit's happened to me, whatever it may be. And I've heard like, what happened to us was not really that grander scale. Some of the stuff I've heard of some of your guests saying, you're like, holy shit, how'd you get through that sort of thing? But it's been really comforting to me, um, to listen and go, oh, there was someone else who had a rough trot like pregnancy is the whole thing around pregnancy is like it's magic you know like mm. it just it's how does it happen how does it you know how does the body know to make this how does it know to do that how well does it know chris when the right time is and when a mummy and daddy love each other very <laughs> much i've had four I know okay. I <laughs> he's a mad reader <laughs> I, I, I worked it out after the fourth one we, we bought a tv so yeah cool um so no, so the the our very first child, everything was going fine. Um, you know, normal gestation period, all that sort of stuff, and whatever. Um, just before he was born, though, the wife started to get a little bit sick. Not too bad, but a bit more than what Bodesert Hospital could handle. So they said to us, we had our team of midwives, and thankfully, that hospital, um, the midwife sort of freely transitioned between that one and the Logan Hospital so it's a bit of a step up so they said you've got to go up to the Logan Hospital to give birth when the time comes a um, couple of things happened that one went fairly streamlined except for the point where the doctor who 
our midwife was brilliant. We had two midwives in the room, and they're absolute brilliant. Same midwife for all four kids, which we were lucky for. Mm. Um, the doctor sort of comes in and out, sort of sticks her head in and sort of says one or two words and then walks out. No bedside manner at all or anything like that. And then at first child, and one point the doctor just comes in and goes, ah, she's not going to give birth. She's going to have troubles. I'll go and prep the operating room for a cesarean. Oh. Jesus. And I've gone, oh, hang you on. You fucking what, what, mate? <laughs> and the doctor's like gone to my wife, you know, stop pushing. You're not going to give birth. You just, you know, you're just giving up. And sort of this is very pretty rude. And the two midwives in the room, sort of went, oh, no, you're doing all right. Like, we know you. We've spent some time with you. You're doing all right. And she said, you know, like, um, if you want to, if you think you're going to give birth and just go ahead and, and do it. And, I'll, you know, I've said to him, well, what about what the doctor said? And the, the head midwife of Logan Hospital was in the room. And she goes, you let me worry about the doctor. <laughs> Walks over the door, locks the door to the birthing suite. Awesome. And then goes, off you go. Yeah, that's what a, you want. Had a healthy boy and... Um, you know, while she's given birth, you hear this knocking at the door and it's the doctor and the midwife walks over after gave birth and says, oh, I'm terribly sorry. I have no idea how that happened. So <laughs> that one was pretty self-explanatory, pretty straightforward. Our second child, um, seven weeks early, my wife's waters broke. Mm. Um, seven weeks before the due date and something that I didn't... So we went up to hospital again then, seven weeks early. This is bad. Um, and the doctor sort of... Something that I didn't know that... Hopefully someone listening might sort of go, oh, shit, I didn't know that. That's cool to know is you don't actually have to give birth straight away after the waters break. So they said, like, as long as the baby's happy and still inside there and everything's going well, the only thing is is there's a little bit of slightly higher risk of infection. So they just said, just go back home. The only thing was slightly higher risk of infection and um, uh, if there was any sort of... um, uh, pains or anything like that straight up to the hospital because we're not going to get the early warning of like the water's mm. breaking anyway so uh, that went for a week of uh, every time there was a bit of a cramp the 50 minute drive up to Logan Hospital oh. turned out to be nothing jump back in the car come back home again but uh, with the little one at home as well uh, he was born six weeks early and spent 12 days in the critical care unit at the Logan Hospital just because it was a little bit underweight. Yeah. Um, so that was a little bit challenging, having a little one at home and, you know, us wanting to spend as much time as we could with him. Mm. And like you guys have discussed in your podcast is, you know, you still want to give our one-year-old at home time and show him time, but you want to also be up there in the critical care unit for the one up yeah. there. So you're sort of trying to split your time between the two. Parents are awesome. You know, my parents um, and my wife's parents are awesome. They're sitting there looking after the one-year-old, giving him the time that he needs while we can spend time up there. Yeah. Um, he's fine now. Um, child number three was the run-of-the-mill one. Yep. It was photos at hospital. Wham, bam. Thank you, man. During the day, in, out, <laughs> check in, check out. And away we go. Sort of like, you know, Amazon parcel delivery. Away we go. <laughs> um, and then uh, there's a little bit of time between three and four, and I'm... Happy, we happy to have a bit of a chat about that later on. Um, yeah. Or, or, but child number four was it was rough. It hit me like a ton of bricks. So, um, child number four was born in Logan Hospital. Everything went fine. The wife spent twenty four hours in the ward. Everything was cool. Baby was getting a post checkover. You know, we're really full here. We're just going to check you over. You guys can go home. Bub's doing perfectly fine. The nurse just sort of went, oh, he's a little bit bloated. X-rays don't cost you anything. We just do a quick X-ray. Um, free air in the stomach. So then they're looking at the X-ray and you get that that feeling of 
people are looking at the x-ray, everything's sort of chilled, and then people just start coming out of left field from everywhere and start yeah. looking at the x-ray as well. And you're sort of like, if everything was cool, I don't yeah. think it would create this much interest. It'd be in the car by now. Mm. My wife's back in the ward. I'm with the doctor looking at the x-ray, and thankfully this doctor was the same one that was in the critical care unit with baby number two, and so we we knew of her. We didn't know her well, but we knew of her, and she knew of us, and she knew my background as a fiery and that. And I said to her, um, what's going on? She said, he's got a ruptured bowel. Um, he's got free air in the stomach. And I said, like, tell me, you know, tell it to me straight, doc. I said, I said tell me straight. I said, like, I need to know, like, sort of how bad is this? And she goes, he needs to be transported to the Marta Hospital. In my opinion, if he's not in the Marta Hospital, within two hours he'll be dead. Oof. And so then I've sort of gone, cool. So Nick will understand, like, I sort of went into work mode. Yeah. Here's a problem. Like, we get... Rescue you know, mode. I've got three people missing. I've got this and this and this, yeah. and I just went straight into right. Like, what do I need to know? Um, what's my what's my priorities? What's my yeah. alternatives? That sort of stuff. Bang, 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 bang. But then in the back of my mind, I've gone. My wife's in the ward and knows nothing about this. Mm-hmm. I've got to go back and tell her that That's we're going on an ambulance delicate trip up situation. To the martyr, um, and they were brilliant. So, long story short, he went for a hospital trip to the martyr, emergency surgery. Um, You've got this child that you've only been attached to, me personally, externally, 24 hours, but you see him getting wheeled into the operating room and you're not allowed, you're not allowed to go. And I'm not ashamed to say that I lost it. Yeah. yeah. Like I was, a, my wife was pretty strong. I was a blubbering mess. Like I have not cried that hard ever. You yeah. Know, I cried at every single one of my kids' births. Yeah. But that one, I was just like, like I was white girl hysterical sort of thing. You know? White girl hysterical. Um, <laughs> But like, it was bizarre. Like I'm sitting there going, like I only known this kid for 24 hours, yeah. but you get a pretty big attachment to yeah. him regardless. Um, he had surgery. Um, he got a stoma put in, which is sort of essentially your bowel gets tied to the side of your, um, your, your chest cavity and you shoot out into a bag. Um, he had that for six weeks. Put a delicate leave there as well. Yeah, <laughs> shit into a bag. <laughs> um, Medical term. Yeah. <laughs> he had that for six weeks while his bowel healed to give it time to heal and then after six weeks back into surgery reattach it he's got a massive big sort of scar from Um, one side of his stomach to the other where we tell everyone that's where the shark bit him yes Um, love it chicks dig scar (laughs) he spent as you can imagine a pretty long time in the critical care unit up Mm. at the martyr again brilliant people kudos to nurses shout out to the nurses and doctors and that like better people than i am again difficult situation they're up there in the martyr we're now an hour and a half from home traveling up there each day mm. three kids at home as well that we've got to try and share our time with and um but thankfully yeah all four of them now the biggest risk they got at the moment i guess is cutting their hand off with the drop saw yeah <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well who wing who wins king of the ring in the backyard i guess that was our four pregnancies yeah. and it's just the takeaway for for me out of all of that was like shit's going to go wrong like probably has a poor choice shit doesn't always go wrong but sometimes it does but you know the same as everyone gets trusted in their profession to do a good job you just got to trust the doctors and the nurses to look after them they care for your child as much as what you do despite Mm. what you might think or maybe not the doctor in our first one that didn't give two shits (laughs) but um just lock them out of the room and everything's sweet yeah exactly yeah so like they're they're brilliant and yeah you're just you do anything for them, and um, yep. it, it goes wrong. And I just, I'm sort of that person that just, you just got to roll with the punches, and it's already gone wrong. You, you just got to roll with it and keep on yeah. fighting, I guess. So, 
And yeah. was it? Do you think it was? Um, I guess hard or harder because you've had you had the, the three previously, and this was the fourth one. And it was I'm guessing was this like going to be the last one? And you were like, oh, let's have one more done and dusted. Um, my wife's going to kill me, but so <laughs> I wanted three. She wanted four, so we compromised and had four. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, so I had I had some pretty, I, I guess we could talk about it now, I had some pretty massive guilt around number four. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I'm, like I said, I'm old-fashioned sort of guy, you know, I've got to provide for the family no matter what, you know, within reason no matter what my boys want to do if it's reasonable hey dad I want to go and play soccer hey dad I'd like to go and do this sport or whatever yep you can you can have it you can pay for it and that was always my philosophy I'll, I'll work my ass into the ground sort of thing to give my boys the best opportunity they can not not spoil them but the best opportunity they can in in life and and moving forwards um so when the proposition of having a fourth was floated the first thing I said was my track record—it was potentially a fourth to try and have a girl, but we just wanted a healthy child. I said my track record's not great. <laughs> um, I've got three boys. You know, odds odds are on that we're not going to do any better than that. Um, I've got a mate who had three girls at the time, so the, he wanted a boy and I wanted a girl. So there was the talk of let's try a different bed this time. Yes, <laughs> that might work. Um, go east west instead of north. Yeah. Um, but when the proposition of having the fourth was discussed I guess for me um, I I went into a pretty dark time at that point just personally and for someone like I think I'm a pretty big advocate of like are you okay talk to your mates talk about it and I've had deep chats with mates who are not doing okay and then I hit that point and went no I'm not talking to anyone not even talking to my wife she can't see this I'm the I'm the rock in the house I'm supposed to be the straight up and down and um, I I was I was torn between happy wife happy life you know she'd like another and I would I would have been stoked for another shot if you said to me go and pick one off the off the shelf and everything's going to be fine everything's going to be sweet and I'll just drop it in your lap right now then I was like cool let's go ahead for another force but the unknown for me was um, financially am I going to be able to support a fourth mm-hmm. now two to three and three to four isn't really that much when you're a bit of a tight ass like me when you just recycle everything everyone gets the same change table and whatnot. <laughs> Um, except for nappies. Um, but the other one for me was um, if number four came out with some sort of a um, debilitating lifelong disability or something like that, not that you would love them any less. No, that's right, yeah. But if it, if we had to become that child's carer or something like that, my thought process was, you know, as I said before, I'm like, my boys will have the best they can have within reason and as best opportunities they can. I was like, well... If three of my boys want to go and play soccer on the weekend, but one parent has to stay home with this child that's got some sort of condition or whatever, and we have friends who have um, children like that, I said, "Am I then taking that away? Take? Am I being selfish, or are we being selfish having a fourth and potentially sort of screwing the opportunity my other three boys can have? Do we have the bird in the hands, the two in the bush, all those sort of analogies you want to have? That's a reasonable issue yeah. to have, you know. Um, that's a reasonable th- train of thought. And I think that was work mode again, just overanalyzing yeah. every possibility rather than just going. Um, and I've counter, counter contradicted myself anyway because I just said like 30 seconds ago, 
whatever's going to happen will happen. And here I am going, well, what about option A, yeah. B, C, yeah. D, X, Y, Z? Yeah. Um, but all that was running through my head. It was just like, how am I going to be, if, if something does go wrong, how am I going to be able to look after the family? And then, fuck me, he was born and had a ruptured bowel and I'm sitting there going, I've jinxed this poor kid, something's yeah. gone wrong. But then I'm like, just that, I think that's why I was sort of the blubbering mess because yeah. I'm like, I've jinxed this poor kid, I've, I've stuffed everything, what the hell's going on? And, you know, that that point there was sort of like the deep, dark hole I was spiralling down and hit the rock bottom and then, um, you know, oh, everything is going to, he's, he's, he's had surgery, everything is going to be okay sort of thing and it's not all doom and gloom and if you ask me now with him being one year old, like, having four boys is the greatest, you know, so. Nice. Um, yeah, I haven't experienced that before, like that, I guess, I guess you'd call it depression, but that sort of, like I've sat there long nights out in the backyard sort of just going, oh, what should I do? What should I do? I want to do the best for everyone and what's the best thing to do? And You know, no good if I have four kids but then can't, you know, put food on the table mm. or whatever. And um, But, yeah, that was... Is that what made you progress at work? Um, I don't think so. Like if you ask some of my colleagues, I was always sort of destined to climb the ladder, as they say. But, um, <laughs> like... I guess you Cam was talking about work life balance before and like that was like I'm trying to spend time at home with the kids but I was trying to we we're fortunate that we can punch a couple of overtime shifts or something like that and get a bit of extra money on the table and I'm trying to prepare for the worst or whatever and get some extra money coming in but then I'm never at home and that work life balance I was fortunate to have a couple of really good more senior people than me senior in age and senior in time in the job say to me um you're mr fire service you've got your finger in all of the pies you're doing everything and they still say that but one guy in particular said to me um you're like i was at 10 years in the job you just need to be prepared to sort of like put your foot on the gas and i'll, ah, I'll be right it's all good the wife's still happy you know she's okay at home and i wasn't actually really looking at whether she'd genuinely was happy or whether I'm not spending because it was just get some money get some money get yeah. some money you know like provide 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 and then it hit me like a ton of bricks one day sort of you know like <clears throat> one of my kids did something a pretty big milestone and I'm at work on overtime yeah yeah. and I went like I'm earning X amount of dollars on overtime but I would have given up 10 times that amount to have been at home and seen that or you know my oldest boy just loves soccer and loves footy absolutely runs me ragged like wants to play soccer every morning and footy every <laughs> afternoon and i'm just flogged but you know you look like you were saying before nick you know with your working from home or your study and that when your seven-year-old son comes up and goes hey dad do you want to kick the footy and you just absentmindedly just quickly just go oh not right not not, not right now mate i've got i've got something mm -hmm. on and he goes oh okay you're like oh time's an asset you can't get back dad. isn't it yeah so so many people say to me, and, and you've got to experience it to really understand it, I guess, but so many people say to you, and you guys have probably had the same thing as well, geez, they grow up so fast, enjoy the time now. And then you sort of, oh, now I get it. Mm -hmm. thing, you know, like he's going to be 13, 14 soon and want nothing to do with dad, you know, <laughs> so you've got to make the moments yeah. now as yeah. well as, you know, on my thing, trying to provide. But what's more important to you, spending moments, you know, the kids don't really care too much about the cash you're making as long as they've got a roof over their head and a dad to kick the footy around the backyard. And you feel like you've got that balance better now? Yeah. 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 Nice. Um, a lot better. The, I, I definitely didn't have it 
beforehand. Um, now, I ask permission before I go and do. Uh, not not that I need it, no. you know, but you know, we just hey, have we got anything on? Um, or you know, hey, I've got a couple of days off. You've got this on. I might throw my name down for overtime, and then you know, it is an honest conversation between um, my wife and I, and we just sort of said, I said to her, look, be open and honest with me. If you ever just go, you spend too much time at work. I just pull the ejector seat and just spend our four days at home that we have and chill out a bit and recoup and every now and again you just do like a stint of three or four or five tours as we say where yeah. you just do the bare minimum hours that you need to do at work spend a heap of time at home yeah um but she also knows as well that um because we're on single wage at the moment she's taken some time off i think that's more important yeah for us as a family for her to be at home looking after the kids than them in daycare mm-hmm. um so we've got to find balance between like we've got to pay the bills as everyone does um but also being mindful that I need to be at home as much as possible so you know you've got swimming lessons on a certain day of the week with that no, I don't care how much you owe me I'm not doing overtime on that day yeah you know um I'll do a night shift because you know I might miss three hours and the boys will go to bed or something anyway and then I'm home in time for the school drop off in the morning so it's just more about trying to manage when I go to work rather than just being the pig in the trough and yeah yep. saying yes to everything yeah just yeah. going yep 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 when do you want me where do you want me sort yep. of things so now i got a question for you as well chris what's the what's your batmobile i was thinking about this the whole time <laughs> like are you a kia carnival man or are you a delica dodge, dodge ram 1500 oh you oh. do a lot of overtime don't you <laughs> <laughs> so um my wife has an everest the seven seater soccer mum car oh, yep. brilliant car and um as I said, I'd, we do a lot of camping um, and not hardcore off-roading, but we, we've been to Cape York. We do a lot of sort of like touring sort of stuff. And I owned a four-wheel drive dual cab, loved the touring component of it, loved having a ute, sort of just throw just so much shit in the back, soccer balls, whatever, throw shit in the back, load it up and go camping and tow a camper trailer. Well, that's obviously a five-seater. So um, when we were having four, I needed a you know, six-seater dual-cab ute. And a mate of mine just sort of said, hey, have you seen these... Uh, Are the Rams six-seaters? Well, the one I got is. Because <laughs> I imported it from Canada. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you can, get them, you can get them in a five-seater, but we've got three across the front, three across the back. So my um, seven-year-old sits in the middle front seat between mum and dad. Oh, He's yeah. got, like, the screen in front of him. Yeah. He's in charge of the music. He's Love in charge it. of oh, the map. Yeah. He does all that sort of stuff. And... Um, you know, if he gets too big for that seat, then I just put the next eldest and the next eldest and the young, like the youngest is one, and so he's going to be able to sit there until he's twelve. So that car's good. And I don't have to worry about this in another twelve years. So, yeah, um, sounds like a later problem. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's my that's my wagon. Good setup for holidays as well with camping. Yeah, yeah, it it, it tows like a madman. I think it's a five ton towing or something like that. It's got, but um, yeah, plenty of room, um, plenty of room in the back and. It's a really good sort of wag. We just we that's what we enjoy as a family is just those sorts of things, just spending time out and about and camping. And I'm fortunate that the four boys, majority of the time, get along really well with each other. There's there's times where they want to kill each other. Um, Beach or bush? Bush. Nice. I hate the sand. Oh really? <laughs> I live in Vegas, mate. I hate the sand. <laughs> my wife, my wife likes the sand and. We're talking about something for our anniversary soon. She goes, oh, we can go for a walk on the beach. Nah, do we have to? <laughs> I'm not very romantic. So, yeah, bush, bush. 
right, we're back with Chris on the Shit Dad podcast, and we are about to move into the Shit Dad sports rap. Now we're back for week two of the Shit Dad Sports Wrap. Sports explained to people who don't do sports. So the COVID war has spread to supercars with the 2017 Bathurst winner David Reynolds being made exempt from the next three rounds of the Supercars Championship. Did anyone read about that? I'm a supercars nut. I read that too. How spewing would he be? Because <laughs> like one race is enough to sort of... He's a bit of a left field cat though. Okay. Yeah, he's a little bit... He's a um, bit anti-vax. His girlfriend's off Big Brother. She went on Big Brother and really won that thing. So he's, he's a little bit left of field. Like he drinks, he does a shoey and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like oh, they're going to say he drinks like martinis and if fancy gear. If you told me that like there's someone that's sort of done that and I had to guess, it would have been him. <laughs> oh, so, perfect. Yeah. That fits so the it, bill well. Is this his punishment for not being vaxxed? Yes. Oh, he's going to miss okay. the next three races. Yeah, right. Sorry, the next three rounds. Round. Yeah, okay. So that's enough to lose a championship, I, isn't it? He, he won't win it, but... He, if, if he won every single race from now on, he wouldn't win the championship. Okay. He's out of the running, but... Okay. Um, yeah. But if he was in the running, that, oh, yeah, that'd, that'd be, be well and truly a massive yeah. blow, wouldn't oh, it? Oh, yeah. It would be... Missing, missing one race, let alone a round, is huge for him, but... Um, Woof. Yeah. Um, now, we we had a, uh, a mad cricketer and a mad punter on a couple of weeks ago, Andrew Goaty, but um, I, I think him and the boys from the We Got The Chocolates podcast are not going to be too happy with how... Australia's team is going. Uh, the Australian team is going in the T20 Cricket World Cup. We had a pretty questionable run against England the other night as well. So um, I don't know about you boys, but I'm starting to worry for the Ashes. So tell me, is this the same team that is going to play England? Like, was this a bit of a warm up for those two teams? There's some players in there, Chris. Uh, I don't know how much cricket you watch, but I know that there's some short course players and some Test players, and I think probably most of the most of the bowlers are going to be moving it's into the test 50, team but 50, 50 right. i reckon half the team that's playing now are playing the ashes and yeah. hopefully the shit half playing. <laughs> no the shit half's out that's all. <laughs> so you got warner labashane um and stark would be the ones off the top of the head that I could, you'd say are pretty much shoe in for the test team but yeah. they're not um i don't know whether they're not gelling or they're just I don't know. I'm like the ostrich in the sand. If they're doing shit, I'm just not going to watch it and pretend it's not happening. Oh, you're the Ashes faithful. Yes. No, no. Like, like if they're ever doing bad oh, okay. anything, I'm like, what? You know, if they're doing horrible in the Ashes, what Ashes? Is it on? Never heard. I haven't been watching. Oh, they're winning again. Of course. I'm yeah, I'm mad cricketer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jump on and off the bandwagon as required. That's yeah, exactly. Well, there you go. That's that's pretty much Aussie sports fans down to a T, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. No, no, they're no. A just bunch. Yeah. <laughs> this is no. all good info to have because I'm going to be going to the Ashes for work and then with the, with you boys as well. So I need so to have some kind of like... work? In, in oh, yeah, rotation. with clients. So yeah. like, you know, it's it's technically work. Yeah. Um, you mentioned one the time about work, then it's a write-off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the time you claim all the, all the beers on the, the corporate card. Yeah. <laughs> now, things you need to know about the Ashes cam. You get um, probably... 30% of that crowd is going to be gentlemen and ladies as you, such as yourself who don't give two Fs about cricket but still love to go down for the atmosphere and throw some shade at a few English and make the bad teeth jokes and drink the warm <laughs> beer and all that sort of gear yeah. and say they've been watching cricket for a little while. But um, other things to know, it takes a long time. It's a long five days unless one team's doing horribly and that's when you get to go home early. Uh. <laughs> 
Hopefully it's not Australian. No. Australia. <laughs> Hopefully it's In which case you go home really early. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, 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 we go on day three, I think. So yeah. hopefully Australia can wrap up the for, uh, the Gabba test by day three. Yeah. Not holding my breath. Right, Melbourne Cup week. Does uh, did anyone, any mad punters here or mad horse chasing fans? No. Okay. So very elegant, um, ridden by the champion jockey Damien Oliver. I think he won it, the Melbourne Cup. Said it wrong. Very illegant. Very very illegant. Now I know you guys don't care about that though. You're either um, a race hater um, that comes out of the woodwork for the week once a year, you know, the fuck the cup and all that sort of gear, Um, or you're the the one punt wonder who texts their racing mate for tips once a year. You you one of them? I know. I did get a message from Cam to be fair. That's exactly. But that's cool. Um, it wasn't a good tip. <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> hey, no, I, no, it was I pretty picked good. second, third, and fourth, but no one trains for second place, so I, I got to pick up my punning game. Second's first loser. <laughs> <laughs> um, or you donate a good amount to the TAB, which uh, I didn't this year, but most years that's pretty much how it goes, unless you win a, a tasty trifecta, which actually, the week of the Melbourne Cup in the last few years have been awful, but then I've brought it home with a tasty trifecta three years in a row, so... Just a little shout out to Nick Bentley there. Uh, so, which one were you boys? Definitely the one texting his mate. The one tip wonder. <laughs> yeah, one no, tip wonder. Me, yeah, I've yeah, got cool. a mate who's mad keen into it, and I always just text him like, "What's the tip?" And if it doesn't make money, it's all his fault. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Shift the blame. <laughs> I'm in it for profit. <laughs> yeah, it's a get rich quick scheme. Yep. Now, uh, Australian sporting summers edging closer with the Ashes, Big Bash, T20 cricket, A League football, Australian Open tennis, and obviously lawn bowls down your local club. So keep your schooners cold, TVs on, and sports bet open. Don't think. Oh, sorry. Don't drink too much in case you have a shit dad moment and need to run to the hospital. All right, it's time for the shit dad moment of the week. <laughs> Once oh. again, uh, we wanted to say thanks to the Better Accounting team for having us here today, um, sponsors of this segment. Um, now, we wanted to make a couple of calls as well to some of our uh, shit dad friends uh, to hear from them and a couple of stories. But before we get to them, um, I guess we'll, we'll go to our guest. Chris, you got a, got a good shit dad moment? Well, I'm a bit devastated because I actually text this one into Nick hoping to uh, just get it a run and then all of a sudden here I am. So I guess I'll do it. I got... So a bit of context here. He texted me when I got home uh, like an hour after we recorded the last episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He hasn't been sitting on it for weeks. Yeah. He's not running my gear. Um, I, I guess i got two. I've got one recent one and one sort of like that is a bit of a classic. So um, my one-year-old, he's crawling around. A um, bit of context. I've got a like a sandpit at the back that's got like a 300 mil sleeper all the way around it to keep the sand in and whatever. <laughs> but my boys are also into monster trucks. So just beside that, they've got like a dirt pit, like just dirt in it. They drive their monster trucks and whatever mm-hmm. around and they love it. And, um, you know, dad's doing the right thing. What a hero. He's got the four boys outside watching it. Mum can do her thing inside. And um, uh, so watching the boys and I'm having having a coffee and, uh, yeah, I've got this. I've got the four boys. It's all sweet. And um, sort of got a bit engrossed in my coffee. It's been raining a little bit recently. And next thing, like... Like a, like a scalded gazelle, my wife comes belting out from inside. Scalded gazelle. <laughs> uh, past me, and I'm sort of like, oh, you know, what, what's going on? What's she seen? And I look up and I just see two little legs like sticking up in the air over the edge of the 300 mil sort of sleeper that's around the mud pit. She picks up my one year old and like 
for visual reference, I guess, I've sent Nick the picture and you can put it up if you like. Oh, yes, I've seen this. Any, <laughs> anyone who's had a wife it will be on the socials. go to um, like a, a beauty parlour and get like a face mask sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. He's just got mud <laughs> that was all it. over his face <laughs> and he's thankfully he must have closed his eyes when he's gone in and his mouth because now he's, he thinks it's the funniest thing ever. She, I just picked him up and turned him around and he is cacking himself laughing. <laughs> Um, but he's got just two bright little white eyes and two little buck teeth sort of sitting there and the biggest grin ever and the rest of his face is just mud. And uh, I was supposed to be watching him. Oh, I was on your watch. Yeah, yeah, so that was a bit of a shit dad moment. Well, the shit dad moment, like th- that's pretty much mine on a less grand scale. Like I, I had the girl, uh, the girl and boy, um, my two youngest the other day and she rocks up, like looked at me at, at some point during the day and she had like, a couple of gouges under her eye and I was like what the fuck is that and I took a photo and texted the missus I was like was that there this morning and she goes um no that happened on your watch what happened I was like um <laughs> of course it happened on my watch the park? I, <laughs> I was completely watching him the whole time so yeah, yeah I know where you, I know where you come yeah, from yeah. um, my other boys drove a battery powered sort of side by side jeep off my two metre tall retaining wall just for shits and giggles my <laughs> seven and six year old that's leading up for a golf cart a messy <laughs> messy day on the golf course yeah. I reckon so it has like a remote control for the parents and I'm like you know along, long, along the lines of the drop sort of thing oh, you know, they'll be right they'll, they'll, they'll work it out so I'll just put the remote control to the side and they'll be sweet and then I'll look up and my boys are just beeline for the edge of the retaining wall straight <laughs> off again funniest thing that's ever happened to them sort of there I thought it was hilarious yeah. <laughs> um you know, ah, they'll be right. They didn't die. Yeah, that's sort of my parenting philosophy. Yeah. Are you bleeding? Did you die? Is no, you're blood? fine. Are you dead? <laughs> Is there any broken bones? No, get back on. With yeah, it. Sort of brush it off. <laughs> Do another jump off the retaining wall. You got anyone? To, any uh, shit out moments, Ken? Oh, mine. Mine's only um. So my my youngest son started swimming lessons, and he just absolutely loves the back float. You know where you get him in close to you and it's like a squirrel keeping his nuts dry yeah that's exactly, that's exactly what he's trying to do um so you know he's, he's getting pretty good at, at swimming lessons but now he's decided to start doing it in the bath that's his latest thing as well so no matter how much i try and stop him he's just smiling giggling all right just let's let him do it um obviously keeping an eye on him but um it's been going on for maybe a week or so now but then my wife was finally doing bath time the other night and she was absolutely mortified what is he doing i'm like no it's just what he does it's just back floating yeah. <laughs> she's trying to hold him up and everything i'm like no he's good he's good yeah, that's out. not shit dad moment that's watch epic yeah, i thought the shit dad moment might have been watch out for the bubbler while he's laying on his <laughs> the <Todd> that'll come <laughs> that'll, <laughs> yeah that's that's after a few extra a few big nights on the can <laughs> now uh we've got a message here from adam so here was the um, two weeks of dad not so bad episode um, back in episode five, maybe. Yep. Um, so he's sent in a shit dad moment for us. Hey, boys, got a shit dad moment of the week that uh, started out with what I thought would be an amazing dad hack um, and just ended up going very pear shaped. Um, we are at a mate's place having a barbecue outside on a weekend, very, very hot. Our little fella started to get tired and cranky, he was super hot. So I thought, oh, hey, solve the problem. I'll take him into a room with aircon, um, and you can have a little bit of a nap there. Anyway, so got him in, good times. Um, he was cracking it, so it took about 20 minutes to like rock him to sleep, but he was okay. Got him in the bassinet, and I thought, oh, we don't have a monitor. No, I'm not going to know what's going to go on. Um, so amazing idea. thought I'll video call WhatsApp from my wife's phone to my phone. Awesome. Had him down, 
great, had the phone set up, got my camera sorted, excellent, called, and then realized my phone was on loud and woke him up and he started cracking it again. I was like, ah, idiot. Anyway, got it. I turned it off, got him back to sleep after about another 15 minutes. It was a pain in the ass. And then thought, righto, this time, got him down. He's in the bassinet, got me camera set up, know what it is, make sure my phone's on silent, which they were. Called, and then having two phones in the same room, they were on silent, but the mics weren't on. I went off, sorry. So they just did this stupid weird feedback loop that ended up after about three seconds doing this huge screech and woke him up again. So he took about another 10 minutes to get back to sleep. So what should have been about a five-minute sleep uh, process turned into about 45 minutes, which absolutely killed me. Anyway, I still think the WhatsApp call is a good <laughs> is a good idea, but just make sure your phones are on silent and make sure the mics are turned off. Um, otherwise, you're in for a world of hurt like I am. Anyway... <laughs> Fair play, Adam. That is a cracking shit dad moment. I nice think one. we've all sort of been there in some capacity with the repeaters and the uh, the, the feedback from those stupid <laughs> monitors. In theory, that sounds like it could work pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> Just a bit of prior planning. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, uh, we've also got another previous guest from the DadBod episode, Dave Yo. Um, so he's agreed to send a, a sneaky um, shit dad moment, but this time we have to call him. G'day, mate. How are you? G'day, Dave. Hey, Dave. You're here with... <laughs> hey, uh, you're on the air, mate, with the Shit Dad Podcast. How are you going, bud? Oh, jeez, boys. Yeah, going well, you know. <laughs> How's the just dad bod going, mate? <laughs> oh, mate, just worked on it, you know. Just, <laughs> just worked on it. As I said, just finished up dinner, mate. Late night for me today, so, but... Yeah, good boys. And how, how about yourself? Yeah, good, mate. We're just um, we're just in the dad bod seg. Oh, not dad bod segment. We're in the uh, the shit dad moment of the week segment. And uh, oh. yeah, we you told me you had a bit of a cracker, and I was um, I'm excited to get you on tonight. So, what do you got oh, for us, bud? Geez, boys, this is this is top dad top dad moment. I tell you, um, oh, Jesus, golden. As soon as it came out of my mouth, I was like, shit, what did I just say? <laughs> um, yeah, look, mate, oh, I love, she loves she loves that little play just before bed. She knows at that time, and she took off one night on us, um, ran into the back room, and light doesn't work in the back room at the moment. The fan fan lights uh, shit itself. Anyway, she's in there. I've walked in. I'm like, oh, where are you? Where are you? And next minute, she's just took off down running past me, but she's run straight into my hand. Um, and it was a good one. And I said to her, like, oh, crap, you've just run into my fist. And I'm like, oh, Jeez, that does not sound good. We're going to tell Mum. <laughs> she got a shiner? Tell, <laughs> no, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't too bad. But I said to her, I said, we're going to tell Mummy that you ran into Daddy's knuckle. <laughs> not Daddy's fist, knuckle. When you have to clue them up on like what you have to tell Mummy, that's when you know oh, you're fucked up, hey. <laughs> mate, and I was just like, and I just turned the next minute. Trace is in the next room anyway. She's just getting, getting a few things ready. For the next minute, Isla walks in there. Mummy... Daddy, um, I ran into Daddy's fist, uh, knuckle. <laughs> she <laughs> corrected herself. <laughs> this is a two-year-old. I'm like, no, you just throw me under the bus. What are yeah. you doing? <laughs> what do you expect? You can't expect any less of a two-year-old, hey? Oh, mate. Oh, no, nah, mate, it was, but it, it was gold. Like, as I said, she just ran straight past me, collected me, and the first thing I said, I'm just running into my fist. Love it. Like, oh, mate, it was good. So, 
top dad moment, boys. That's a shit dad moment of the week for me. Love your work, Dave. Appreciate that, and we look forward to having you on the pod a, a little bit more in the future, mate. Yeah, sounds good, boys. Very excited for it. Right Cheers, mate. Catch ya. Talk to you. Enjoy. Catch ya. See ya. That's a belter. <laughs> That's a proper shit dad. Yeah, don't moment. let him say that at daycare. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like it's even little things like yeah. I have um, my youngest two Mondays and Tuesdays if I'm not working, and like I'll take him out. Like even this week, I we went to swimming and it was late and they were hungry and pissed off, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to stop at Seven Eleven get him a sausage roll to share, one of those big old ones. I thought nothing of it. I was like, and. Wife got home and they're like they both at the same time were like sausage roll. We had sausage rolls for us. I'm like, where the fuck did that come from? You don't remember like, oh no, nah, it's ridiculous. Anyway, I think I posted something on. You can't, um, you can't tell me what you did at school today. Nah, you can tell me that you had a sausage roll. Exactly. What flavor sauce was on it? What color yeah. Seven Eleven store? And three weeks ago, uh, yeah. when Daddy said we yeah, might yeah, go to the park. Sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a it's a very selective memory, but uh, we love them nonetheless. But yeah, so that's uh, shit dad moment of the week. All right, Chris, are you ready for the Mad Minute 30-second quiz? Let's do it. (laughs) What? It's a Mad Minute quiz, but it goes for 30 seconds. It's simple. It couldn't be clearer. Like my sex life. (laughs) You could call it a Mad Minute. It's also been called a Mad Minute. It goes for 30 seconds. (laughs) All right, Nick, you ready for time, mate? All right, so as soon as the claxing goes, uh, time is on. To pick Sunday Arvo activity. Kicking the footy with the boys. Or soccer ball. Do you say, it must be free if something doesn't scan at the shops? Yeah. Yeah. Do you say, we need to chop it off when your kids get hurt? Yes. Do you grunt when you stand up? All the time. Do you admire your lawn after you mow it? Who doesn't? Seriously. Do you say, let's rock and roll when it's time to leave? Uh, no, it's time to hit the road. Oh, that's yeah. Oh, yeah, that's pretty coitish. Can you, can you fall asleep just about anywhere? Yes. Do you rinse your favourite coffee mug or wash it? Uh, at work, yes. At home, no. <laughs> so I have a work cup and yeah, I was actually thinking of that today at work. Yeah, just give it a quick rinse. Work cups or rinse. Back in, back in the bag. Yeah. Away, <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Well, uh, that's that's a good score, Chris. You've got, um, you've got eight on the board there, so well done. And uh, I hope everyone enjoyed our... Um, and new questions, or well, revised questions. <laughs> Got to keep them fresh. Got to keep yeah, it fresh, yeah. that's it. <laughs> now, keep your eyes peeled once again on our socials for some epic smashing fibres, tees and tanks and stubby coolers maybe. I don't know. We'll that's figure true. it out. Yeah. Whatever uh, whatever smashing fibres does, we'll do. And uh, we'll get our logo on it and load up and use the promo code SHIP SHIT. Wait, SHIP SHIT FREE. SHIP SHIT FREE for free shipping. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> Quality year. <laughs> <laughs> right, last words. What do we got, Cam? Um, last words for me this week. Um, nothing major. I think you know we spoke about work-life balance this week, and and you know I think it's just a constant, constant piece of work to kind of work towards. Um, you want to be able to enjoy yourself, provide for your family, but also make sure you're getting to time to enjoy them. So I think just keep at it. We all need to you know find that right balance. How about you, Chris? Um, mate, just take the opportunity my wife is a trooper like she's the rock of our household like I, I, I go to work and get a bit of a break she's a 24-7 full-time mum yeah she's she's an absolute trooper like I lose like you guys have talked about with some of your guests you lose your shit sometimes when the you know kid won't go to sleep or they're throwing a tantrum or whatever and 
I sort of go, nah, throw my hands up and walk out and she's always the one sort of come in and I probably don't give her the opportunity as much as what she gives it to me. But, um, yeah. yeah, just... Someone's got to stand firm and it's usually yeah. them. <laughs> Not, yeah, it's, it's by no way sucking up, but massive respect to her. Yeah. Like, she's absolutely rock. She's a trooper. So um, be good to your wives or partners or girlfriends or whatever it is. Remember that your kids uh, are kids for a short time. Give them a little bit of trust and... Um, yeah, just enjoy them. Get them on nice. the drop source. Yeah, yeah nice. Get, get, get them on a drop source and teach them how to build shit. <laughs> I love you know, that. Right? I'm totally taking that away from this one. <laughs> yeah, no, Chris, it's been a uh, absolute pleasure getting you on, mate. So you be Mr. March, I think, for our Shit Dad Pod <laughs> Firefighters calendar. <That's laughs> <laughs> nah, mate. I'm too hairy for it. <laughs> <laughs> that's even, that's even better. It's Maybe realistic. Winter, a winter month. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's got his winter coat. <laughs> nice. Nah, mate, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on and we've loved the story and fair dues to you you and your wife, four kids. That's amazing. And um, But the way you bring your kids up is just really inspirational, mate. So thanks, thanks for the opportunity. And um, yeah, like this is awesome, this podcast. I'll keep on listening. It's, it's what, you, yeah, what you guys are doing is awesome. It's really good fun. A bit oh. of fun, a bit of seriousness, but majority of the time just... Would you say, Cam? Shit daddery. Yeah, yeah <laughs> shit daddery. It's all about yeah. the shit daddery. Yeah. No, thanks again, mate. And uh, as always, keep listening to the pod, working on your dad bod, and in line with government policies, keep playing with your rod. <laughs> See you next week for the kids. <laughs>